Honey, if you bury that thing in the back of my neck, you're just gonna wreck the blade. It's a real expensive cleaver. They don't make them anymore. Hello, creeps. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. A Tales from the Crypt retrospective brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 45. What's cooking? His skits were pretty good this week, Dale. He had me at the uh, corkscrew pulling the eye out of the chef he had strapped to the table. Um, Just as rapid fire, but at least they were... It seemed like there was a lot of uh, effort being put forth for our Crypt Keeper buddy tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the people working the the, uh, hydraulics behind the scenes and the arms. Not like the last few episodes. Yeah, that's that's complete mail in. But what we should do yes. the next time we're able to ever see each other again, uh, we should find a crypt keeper's like the cheapest crypt keeper mask we can, and then you know like <gasps> you wear the crypt keeper mask and I stick my arms like <laughs> under your arms and like we'll do like they do on crypt keeper. Oh my god! If we ever get asked to do a horror panel or something at like a, a horror convention, that's what we should do: is show up there. Oh my. With the Crypt Keeper yeah. mask, uh, with your arms under mine. <laughs> no, you have to be, Beautiful. you have to do the voice. I'm going to have to be the arms. Oh. Because you got, <laughs> you got the pipes. Unless, oh, that would be even funnier if you were still doing the voice and you just had like a, a headset mic on and I was just trying to lip sync with whatever you're saying, and it, but it never matched up. <laughs> <laughs> like that episode of uh, Roseanne with... Uh, little dj who answered the door in that halloween episode remember that episode he was like kid he was a young kid and he was like trying to lip sync welcome to the house of terror or something like that they had the best halloween episodes on roseanne like they did them they every did. year it was so good yeah I loved it and they loved they loved scaring their friends and neighbors to death it was the best yeah yeah <laughs> <clears throat> welcome back to the crypt keeper's coffin this week we've got a, uh, back. a f- another food themed episode with a who's who: Christopher Reeve, Meatloaf, Bess Armstrong, mm. Art Lafleur, and one Judd Nelson. Your boy, God, and he was he brought he brought a little John Bender and uh, 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 energy to this role <gasps> as a uh, Gaston. Yeah, play, uh, Gaston. I, Gaston, Gaston. Gaston. As they say in uh, the uh, Northeast, <laughs> Gaston. Yeah, he was a little uh, troublemaker. I mean, he was planting seeds of evil, you know? He was a yeah. little baddie. He had those eyes open wide. But. Just lying, just lying to characters left and right, looking them straight into their souls while he lied. Yeah. That's what he does. Bad, That's what bad he does dude. best. This is, the, this is 
the most famous episode to me as I this is this episode oh, yeah. is burned in my brain. One scene in particular is when they go into the freezer for the first time. That's <sighs> in my canon head canon. Tales from the Crypt is this episode to me. So I was elated to revisit kissing mm-hmm. my fingers. That scene. It got me. I did I didn't expect it. I really didn't. I felt like a fool. Really? Yeah. You didn't expect it. I don't That's think amazing. I did. High five then. Wait, I'm trying to think. High five. I might have expected it. No, no, no. I was just No, I expected it. I didn't expect it to I thought it was gonna be uh I thought he was gonna be butchered up. I uh, uh you thought he was we'll gonna get, be processed. Sorry. We'll get to it, Dale. Yeah. Come on. What am Let's I doing get there. Let's Chuck. We're both. I'm getting us ahead because of my stupid mouth. I'm but trying. I'm trying much, to like. Like we're playing hopscotch. I'm trying to jump straight to the last square because I'm in a hurry for some right. reason. But what we need to do is take it back to square one. Yeah. We need to slow it down, just like this bandage I have on my big toe, <laughs> because I took the pumice stone and I just, for some reason, I just shaved the. Cu- <laughs> couple top layers of skin off my big toe so i have this now i have this bandage on my Uh big toe with cloth touching open open raw skin so we need to pull it off slow we need to go slow yeah maybe get someone there to blow some cool air on it while you do it you know there's i can well i can say that there is a (laughs) there is house there's a family house full of family downstairs just just fresh in from new jersey so they're all down there just waiting and just, you want to you want to try to cut out you want to try to cut out of the dinner table early <laughs> to explain to a bunch of older generation that you have to go record a podcast. <laughs> you want to try to do that and not look like the biggest piece of lying whatever crap. Oh, that's God. where that's where I was tonight. Wow, that's um, that's, that's beautiful, Dale. I'm so like makes me so happy. I just had to keep digging deeper and deeper. The more the more they found Whoa. out, the more they needed to know because they don't know any, you know. Just, just eyeballs. Just picture it. Just imagine it. A lot of shooting yeah. eyeballs, uh, shooting quick looks at each, knowing yeah. glances all around there as you explain <laughs> yeah, exactly. what a podcast is. Right. And why you need to and, uh, um, completely ruin their lives this evening by leaving right. the dinner table why, early. You know, they've been, they've only been here for two hours and I have to, <laughs> I have to cut out. Right. Right. You got to keep a picture of me in your wallet, like dressed up as a little boy. Oh yeah. I'll give you one of my school pictures. You'd be like, this is, if I don't go do this, it's like a big brother's, uh, big, big brother's, big brother's program. You know what I mean? (laughs) Relatives. This is my friend, Chuck. This little boy would cry if I didn't (laughs) talk about (laughs) tales from the crypt with him. Yeah. Uh, every week. on me. My God, I'm shipping you a um, fourth grade photo tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it was it was yeah. So, so we might as well just you know do as much as we can because if I try again one more night this week, <laughs> oh God, Dale, what's cooking? What's cooking? We've got a married couple, Fred and Irma. They own a restaurant, uh, and all they serve is squid. I guess. I mean, I, I got the idea that maybe it was like, that was like their idea for the week. Fred's uh, genius idea was to be an all squid mm. restaurant maybe that week. And last week, maybe it was something else. I don't know. But anyway, the restaurant's not doing too good. Customers are grossed out by eating squid. Yeah. Um, this is America, you know. 
squid is a it's a tough sell. It uh, is. It's um you know our boy Fred. Fred saw the genius of it. If that was if it was on any coast in the Mediterranean, uh huh, gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. He uh he was like trying to liken himself to a Colonel Sanders when uh, mm-hmm. everyone was like, "You only serve chicken." That's crazy, Colonel Sanders. Right. Uh, and now look at him. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So they own a restaurant, not doing too good, but their luck changes on the eve of their landlord going missing. Um, when their drifter, uh, cleanup boy, bus boy, played by one Judd Nelson, made a deal and brought in some delicious steaks that he cured from an old family recipe. <laughs> Sales are through the roof, Dale. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're making bank every night, counting that money. They cannot believe their eyes. It's fancy as all get out. And uh, and as we'll we'll discuss, there's something wrong with that steak, Dale. Something. Terribly wrong. Something nefarious behind it. Yeah. Um, but the second that uh, the the first steak comes out of the fridge and gets slapped on that grill, yeah. I mean the, the 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 smell just starts permeating throughout the neighborhood, and people are coming in. Everybody is <laughs> no. ordering steak and eggs. Everybody. They, the windows weren't even open, but they're just pouring in. Yeah. They could just sense it. It's like when you drive past a Burger King. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Always that smell. What is that smell? Is it the liquid smoke? Is it the buns? I think it's the liquid smoke. It's the flame broil. It's the flames kissing the uh, burger. Yeah. The yeah, flame yeah, yeah. broiledness. The and then it all exits through the roof. There's always a smokestack coming out of the uh, Burger King. God. The roof. Smart guys over at BK. Yeah. They got it going on. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Always changing up their fries, though. They cannot commit to those fries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm I'm glad that's <laughs> noticed. And that's not just me because it's true. They, they don't, they just, they're not happy. No. They need to be fries. confident. They need to just make a decision and, and yeah. be like, this is, these are our fries. Remember in, uh, it was like year 2000, 99, they switched it up and that was like. Didn't they have a day where they like, you got free fries? Like anyone who came in could get free fries? I think they fries. did. I mean, they were, they were, they were like marketing. There were articles in like Entertainment <laughs> Weekly about these fries. They were like, yeah, pot- they were like fries, but then they were like sprayed with extra potato bits, like out of a sprayer. Oh, wow. And wow. then, you know, frozen. It was a whole thing. And I was committed. I was Team Burger King during that time. Oh, yeah. I appreciated I their, you know, but they were just, they were never happy. They were never happy. No. And just like the Burger King. Yeah. Who s- sold squid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's Burger, there must be Burger Kings around the world that sell squid. Yeah, probably. What was yeah. that? The cop ate squid, like a squid McMuffin every morning there. Oh my word. Yeah. We should, we should paint the scene. They open this episode with like a chef cutting up a squid. Like you see it go from a whole squid to tiny, slimy, disgusting bits. And I, I, it's real. I never wanted, I don't ever want to eat squid. I mean, I don't know if I've and, ever eaten it, but right. I really but, don't want to eat it. <laughs> but it was the biggest thing I've ever seen. It was, <laughs> it was huge. It was not like the calamari you order from the pub. Yeah. It was it a was whole squid. Massive. It was massive. <laughs> and a couple things, a couple just restaurateur notes. Squid yeah. restaurant opens at 6 a.m., assumedly, because the cop <laughs> comes in fresh off the night shift, ready for some coffee. So they sell some squid and they sell coffee. Hot squid. Coffee and hot squid. Yeah. I know. Like, is that, even places that serve squid in the world, is it a breakfast food right. ever? I don't know. 
Right. I mean, call me crazy. Right. I don't know if you want to eat that for breakfast. Not even Burger King would sell their fries first thing in the morning. <laughs> That's true. To bring it back. Yeah, hash browns. There's an order to things. Just like we said at the top of the show. There's an order <laughs> yeah. to things. Yeah, even, you know, even Chick-fil-A or Wendy's, they have a breakfast menu. They don't serve yeah. their f- always fresh, never frozen beef patties from Wendy's first thing in the morning. What do, uh, what's my favorite restaurant down south near you? Um, oh, yeah. Bojangles? Yeah. They serve bow rounds. God. Yeah. <laughs> I could swim. I could swim in a vat of bow rounds, Dale. Oh, baby. Just fill Can't up a, a hot tub with bow rounds. Mm-hmm. Some ketchup. It'd mm. be like an episode of Double Dare. My skin would be so greasy. Yeah. You would, yeah, you would <laughs> double dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get any of that slime near Mark Summer. Oh, yeah. He would be freaked out. Isn't he a germaphobe like Howie Mandel? What's up with these TV hosts? And what are they doing, you know? Hosting slime shows. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine like Mark Summers off camera. He's just cursing at everybody like. Oh my God. He probably just burns his suits. God. The vein popping out of his head. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. If he gets some like, if he slides in it or steps in slime. <laughs> just like he makes everybody hell to pay. He makes someone change his shoes for him. He won't do it himself. Yeah. So, so this one's burned in your head, Dale, this episode. It's burned in my head. Burned in my head. What was it like? Take me, take me down. Like when you hit play, did it come flooding back? Was it what you remembered? I don't, to be honest, I don't remember Judd in it at all. Uh-huh. Um, I remember Christopher Reeve. Superman. And Superman. And I remember just the concept of, yeah, what happens and the restaurant business just takes off after that. And I remember Christopher Reeve like being on board with it by the end. I thought wow. in my head, I thought he was more on board with it throughout the entire episode, but it turns out he was, you know, repulsed, even though he was complicit. To go back to it was just a complete joy. I mean, to see Christopher Reeve, it's so, it's so great to just see these timely actors you know, and I I think especially with, it seems like like peak Tales from the Crypt season four, you know, around this time, these actors must have be doing it f- to plug other things, I think. It just seems that way in the past episodes we've, we've watched. So to go back and consume it as a grown-up was just fantastic. And yeah. to see it all unfold before me for the first time and, and to pick up on the nuances and the, the dark comedy of it. In a, in a way that I wouldn't be able to interpret before. But I am going to say, I think it's renewed as my favorite episode. Wow. Yeah. It, I, I have to say, I was very impressed with this episode. I yeah. I had a blast. Man, what a, how big of a guy was Christopher Reeve? I think there's a scene where he sits on the couch with uh, his wife, Irma. Yeah. And it looks like it's a couch made for uh, a hobbit when he tries <laughs> yes. to sit on it. Yeah. And he even sits on his knees and he's like just... Yeah. <laughs> Towering. He's a craning over Bess Armstrong. It makes me want to rewatch the Superman movies because I'm like, did they, did they, they could have shot him better. Like, I don't remember him being that tall. Like, mm-hmm. he was a big guy. He was tall. I'm trying to think if those movies kind of showed him in that light or not. I don't know. Maybe the shiny blue suit offset that. Yeah. Made him look like a lollipop. And I think for some reason, I always picture him like, you know, chest. Yeah. Chest yeah. high. You know, arms at his waist, but um, yeah. And he, I always thought of him as sort of lanky, but he is—he's big. He's a big guy. 
Yeah. So on the skinnier side, I guess he's not super rotund, but it's just occurred to me, Bess Armstrong was in my, uh, she plays Irma, the wife. She was in um, My So-Called Life, which is uh, connected to uh, our uh, main episode of the movie Arcade this week, because it's right. Ray Ann from My So-Called Life is in that movie. That's right. Art LaFleur, this guy, ca- character actor to the to the stars, he plays uh, the local beat cop who comes in every morning. Mm-hmm. This guy's great. I mean, I feel like he always plays a cop. Oh, but you know what? If I'm Art Lafleur, I'll act as a cop. Just keep. I mean, the the steady work that this guy gets. Mm-hmm. Just he probably ha- he probably just brings his cop suit in from home. <laughs> he probably <laughs> just brings it with. They're like Art. We need you again. Can you bring in your suit for this one? Can you? Bring it's in probably your part uniform? of the deal. He probably they probably he probably uh, bargains with them. You know, like throw me a few extra bucks. I'll provide my own cop suit. He's probably got like his own cleaner. <laughs> you know he, he's got the brand of cop uniform like that he prefers so he, he yeah much rather i mean this that. guy's been in a ton of things yeah i mean mountains of things of which i'm staring at but not like voicing <laughs> i'm staring at the list but you know i mean cobra the sandlot field of dreams yeah oh yeah field of dreams yeah he's got he's just got one of those old timey faces you know yeah right and he's got this voice that has this stage presence to it. So, yeah, he was in that uh, the remake of The Blob, and he was that guy's, he was that kid's like uncle or father, and the kid had to buy condoms oh, or yeah. something. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, oh, and we have Meatloaf in this episode, Dale. Yeah, playing, playing a uh, he was like the landlord of the build the restaurant building named Mister Chumley. What a name! Yeah, for a character. Meatloaf brought the kitchen sink to his performance, by the way. He was great. It's great. Only in one scene, but he uh, <laughs> he was waving his hands, uh, mm-hmm. working the room. Uh, Mr. Chumley. He's the unfortunate, he has the, the role of being the landlord to the squid mm-hmm. restaurant in this. And, you know, he's, I'm of two minds. The guy's not getting yeah. paid. He's not getting his rent. He's they're back three months rent. But, you know, look at, look at the past year, Chuck. Look at the pandemic. Yeah. What if this was during the pandemic, the squid restaurant? I mean, how would you feel if your landlord, you know, you're behind in your rent because squid's not selling and your landlord comes in acting like an a-hole? Yeah. Completely not understanding at all. Yeah. Just being an a-hole, like a huge a-hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's it. Wearing his nice suit. He's not hurting. No. No. Give me a break, meatloaf. Mr. Loaf. Old Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> All right, now that we've gone through the whole cast. So there, there's a lot of moving parts to this episode. Like it's a simple story, but there's a lot here. So like the sort of like underlying thing is Judd Nelson has a crush on Irma. And, but he's, he's a drifter, Dale. He, they keep referring to him as a drifter. Irma even like brings him a plate of squid after they close. And presumably that's his house across the street is the sidewalk, just hanging out with some other people. Like bums, yeah. And <laughs> I took it as like a halfway house or a, a shelter of some kind. Oh yeah, I see. I didn't even think they were going in that building. I thought they were just oh, hanging out in the entryway. Yeah. You just thought they were but, stooping it. Yeah, but he. But I thought it was hilarious because they keep calling him a drifter, and his. But he was like impeccably dressed and shaven <laughs> and nice haircut. Yeah, it, it was strange. Right. I wonder it if was. that was Judd. He's like, I'm gonna play a different kind of drifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I insist. I think Gaston would 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 shave every morning mm-hmm. and not wake up spitting cigarette butts out of his mouth. Yeah, 
Because he would just had that like narcissistic kind of yeah. attitude about him. He needed to be shaven because totally. as a drifter, mm-hmm. you know, you got to look presentable. But he had the, he had and, the hots for Bess Armstrong. And uh, yeah. like in an early scene, he's like trying to talk her into leaving Christopher Reeve because his restaurant's a piece of S. <laughs> and he's like, come on, why don't you come live with me? And that, that made me laugh when he's like, why don't you come live with me? Because he's like on the sidewalk. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a bunch of like creep standing around yeah about <laughs> yeah he's like staying it right in front of him saying it but she was kind of into it <laughs> yeah she she was kind of like like the compliment she was yeah she was feeling like rejuvenated you know her yeah. blood was pumping yeah oh yeah and the drifter has some ideas on how maybe to improve this squid restaurant maybe start mm-hmm. serving this special thing of barbecue he's a special brand special recipe of barbecue that he's got Maybe they could clean up the place, maybe improve customers, uh, customer visitation, you know? Yeah. Get some people in there. Just so happens that Mr. Chumley was uh, just, you know, a scumbag anyway. So, off camera, yeah, off camera, basically, Judd does the deed and kills Mr. Chumley. Yeah. And he, and he you know, he saw uh, Mr. Chumley and Fred having a fight and mm-hmm. he saw that Fred accidentally cut his Mr. Chumley's hand. So, uh, I don't know, probably in like Gaston's weird head, he was like, oh, well, he, he already started the job. He drew blood. I'm going to just finish it for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is sickening. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that starts the next day of, uh, you know, they come in, they think the restaurant's going to get closed cause they can't pay the rent. The cop comes in and they're like, you got anything to eat around here? And they're like, no, we're closed. And Bess opens up the fridge. There's some steak in there, some steak and eggs. She starts yeah. grilling it up. And that's when uh, the whole neighborhood pours in. <laughs> Everybody. can just smell it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, steak and eggs for all. And they start running out of steak in mm-hmm. their little freezer up front. So they head back to get more steak. And uh, Christopher Reeve opens the freezer. You killed Mr. Charlie! Yes, okay, okay, I killed him. Just hold that door open. Gaston, Fred, where are you? We've got customers. He'll be right out there, Irma. Fred, get a grip. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. And we're all just different flavors of Alpo. They don't keep the door open long. They'll spoil. And there is a a, a Mr. Chumley hanging. Nude. Nude. With uh, some steaks already cut out of him. And uh, Gaston walks up and (laughs) he cuts out a few more flanks from his uh, rump area. I guess. Dude. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I don't know if you studied that that prosthetic or that latex meatloaf. That his face was really good. I was looking at his face. It was it was really it good. Was spot on. <laughs> Sickeningly good. And yeah. so ju- I mean the the biggest the most the like the one that like makes your heart skip a beat is you know it's like it's like mid upper ass level <laughs> yeah. is where the f- our first steaks came from. So Judd yeah. goes in there with a, a, a hatchet, a cleaver, uh-huh. and carves out more steak, and they show that. And that's yeah. the scene in my brain that's just... Oh, yeah. That's it. That's what it's I remember. Shocking. And it is shocking. It's like real meat back there in the, in the hole. And yeah. it is... I mean, people are loving it. Everybody's and it's bloody? Like, lo- they're not... Yeah. Isn't there like a drain, a blood draining process that butchers do? Like you don't just cut it off, right? And 
throw it on the grill right away. <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't know much about it, but. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, if you watch like Gangs in New York, yeah. that pig is hanging there. So he he, he is being drained. Uh, that's true. He is Presumably. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But the steak he cut out of him was just so bloody. <laughs> it was like sopping. Yeah. Oh, oh he man. threw it on yeah. that pan and then walked it out there. Oh, disgusting and christopher reeve i mean he you know he doesn't go along with it uh, technically till the end except for the fact that he lets a whole restaurant full of people eat human you know he he knew what was happening pretty quickly Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then so we get a bunch of montages of the restaurant just making bank they even changed the name of the restaurant to uh put gaston's name in it in the title did you notice when they first when the restaurant in the beginning it's Fred and Irma's, but some of the letters were burnt out of the neon sign. It said Enema's. I was trying to figure out what it said. I think I it said Enema's, and I was like, that's a weird joke that doesn't really fit in here, but that's fine, guys. Go for it. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> yeah. If that's what you want to go for, do it. <laughs> so, presumably, they're they're continuing on killing more people, right? Yeah. Yeah, Judd um, does that dirty work. Yeah, they don't really get into where he's getting these people, right? Yeah, no, they never do. And but I did. But I, what I wanted to, I specifically yeah. stuck out in my mind was that whole first day from when Christopher Reeve discovers the body to the end of the day when they're counting their money, and yeah. the way it's paced and the way it is kind of justified in Christopher Reeve's mind the timing and editing of the the episode is perfect because from that from that moment he opens the door just a series of you know um scenarios don't let him get a chance to catch his breath and think about what's happening true yeah so it's it's masterful in that sense and even by the end of the day when he is walking like she. Uh, Bess says, "I'm going to go back and get and get take some steaks out for the morning." And Christopher Reeve's like, "No, no, I'll do it." But as he's going back there, he's got this wad of cash in his hand from <laughs> yeah. the day's <laughs> service. So yeah, as yeah. he's opening this door to this dead man that all these the town folk ate, he's got a gas station wad <laughs> of money in his in his hand, and he's staring at it. So when they open the door and they see like. I mean that this was this oh imagery was insane. It was just awesome. meatloaf's head and spine and like rib cage. <laughs> I mean they cleaned this body. Yeah, it was stripped for fucking, parts. Yeah, that was unreal. I did, that was another gruesome effect that I did not expect. I was like, oh my no, god, they not. ate everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did not even see that coming. No, no, no. It was like a piranha attack. <laughs> yeah. Walk in yeah. fridge. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, no, you're right though. That whole first day, like it, it, it is paced well, and also it's like, you know, he's he's got that monkey on his back of like, the restaurant has not been successful for God knows how long. He mm-hmm. owes three months rent on the, the the building and all this stuff, you know. And his wife was like, you know, she was even like, she didn't leave him, but it was sort of hinted at, you know, that she's mm-hmm. kind of getting fed up. You know, he owes his wife money. You know, yeah, blah blah blah. So yeah. it is like. Yeah, it just, it's and and you just watch Judd Nelson just like masterfully just taking over Christopher Reeve's li- life with this with this disgusting yeah. scheme. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. He inserts himself, and there's no time yeah. to think about it. And with the success of it, it's just like, well, how can we deny? Yeah, Judd, his yeah. you know, his disgusting plan. 
you know we owe him we owe him saved it i mean so much so that it gets changed the name of the restaurant gets changed to gaston (laughs) fred and irma's steakhouse steakhouse i guess this was in uh new orleans right dale somewhere down there (laughs) they kept playing like new orleans type music yeah they did (laughs) did you how about the superman nod did you did you catch that when no um Bess Armstrong mentions that the food critic from the Daily Bugle is there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, isn't no? That's the. Uh, but that's spy. That's Spider Man's oh, paper. So because yeah. he works at the Daily Planet, right? That's right. It's the Daily Planet. The Daily Bugle did stick out to me because I was like, the Bugle. Yeah. Did they get the wrong paper? <laughs> yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like they tried to make a a, a nod. They tried to make a nod, but they yeah right yeah. <laughs> Because I was like, why is, uh, I, I, I just, I knew that too, but for some reason I was like, Christopher Reeve's on screen, it's yeah. got to be the Christopher Reeve Superman paper, but how could they even get away with that? I don't know. So, but by the end, you know, the double cross of double crosses and the, the it's like, it's like your typical Tales from the Crypt twist ending, but with a twist. It's like reverse twist ending. Um, yeah, Judd, like, he's like. He's he's going in for the kill. Like he's re- he's ready to get rid of uh, Christopher Reeve. He's going to frame him for murder, basically. Take his old lady. Yeah. So he sets it up so that uh, he's got he's got the old lady's gun that he stole from her purse, and he got her to to call the cops. And he's they're they're all going to meet at the restaurant. Whatever. Judd tried to tell her that Christopher Reeve stole her gun and he was going to kill himself at the restaurant. Right. But she knows that she. That they both know the gun is unloaded all the time. Um, so Gaston didn't know this, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so they quickly came up with a, a yeah, a, a, a plan to turn everything around on him. <laughs> and they have him like, like Christopher Reeve is like bear hugging him. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. After they oh. wrestle the gun from him <laughs> and the cop walks in, he's like, arrest them. They're the ones. They killed the landlord and yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the cops just nod into it because he, he's like, my God! Sorry, Judd Nelson, but I got a taste. I uh, know for the sweet meat. <laughs> and you know how I've been talking about retiring from the force. Well, my name up uh, uh, in lights up above this restaurant. This could be a nice new gig for me, <laughs> restaurateur. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, yeah. So so he, he's he's um, going to take over the, Judd Nelson's job, basically. Yeah. I mean, and they proceed to you know. Cook, they proceed to kill him in a in a in a chefly fashion in a, in a shove his face right on that grill yeah which is nuts but for the, you know this strong married couple to yeah. weather that storm beautiful it was yeah, just it like made I feel me like they could, yeah they could get through anything I mean they yeah. just uh you know while Judd Nelson was going back to the restaurant to kill Chris Reeve you know they talked about it they didn't even have time mm-hmm. to you know process it it's just like. He's, you know, she calls him, he's coming over. Yeah. The jig is up. Let's, you know, let's take care of this once and for all. So, assumedly, you know, the cop was in on it at a certain point before that. Yeah. But since he yeah. loves steak so much. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the uh, cleanliness of this restaurant. Well, the, it was it was clean, but. No, the front half was clean. Y- yeah. The, the one thing visible. that really bugged me was the, I think it happened twice. I think Best did it and then. Fred, Irma did it and Fred did it. They ate right from the grill, which is a huge. uh, Oh, gosh. Like you would get shut down if an inspector came in and saw someone eating uh, in the kitchen area. 
yeah it shut especially you down immediately lips to fork to like cooking fork <laughs> yeah yeah that's you can't do that that ain't allowed <laughs> yeah you cannot do that um and <laughs> that's when he finally and, that scene though he finally gives into himself and tries it for the first time oh i know and he's just like he's like we're gonna make so much money <laughs> oh yeah that that was pretty great he, he like he's like so cautiously chewing it like he's so grossed yeah. out but then he's like slowly he's like wait yeah t- actually this is really good and it, mm-hmm. it er, but then he just erupts and he's like we're gonna make so much money <laughs> like he's just like a little boy yeah. got excited mm. i know not bad. Hmm. That is actually damn good. Hmm. Yes. Yes. We are going to be rich. Oh, wow. Oh, and how about one other critique of Christopher Reeves' chefing skills? Do you watch him chopping up vegetables? Like he's sitting at that little table. No wonder he's working so late. He's never chopped a vegetable in his life, no. that guy. No. No. He was so scared of that knife. He should have. I'm sorry, Chris. I love you, but you could have put in a little right. research. You know? Yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> put on PBS on the weekend. Yeah. You know, back then. He's, go go to your favorite restaurant and go to the chef. Hey, can you teach me how to use a knife real quick? You know, right? Hey, yeah, it's me. Yeah, yeah, Cut, it is me. Even just like an just afternoon, you could you could fake the look. You know, right? Just give me just give me the quick and dirty between yeah. courses. <laughs> Out front, because yeah, he was. No wonder he's he's working late till one a.m. Just prepping vegetables for the next day. He's cutting one at a time, slow. Yeah. On one of the uh, on one of the the serving tables, like they don't even. This place didn't even really have a kitchen to speak of. That was the other weird thing. Yeah, it was all up front, like yeah, like it was like style. diner style. It was just like the the grill and then the yeah the the, um, the bar there to to sit at. I miss diners. Oh, me too. Wow, what an episode. I Oh, Great. and it closes out with the Crypt Keeper. Again, we go back to him torturing the chef uh, named Wolfgang. I guess that was a Wolfgang puck joke. Uh, and he had tapped, he put a tap in a, in the chef's skull and he, he, <laughs> he opened it up. And mm. I guess that was supposed to be like brain matter, like brain fluids, because it wasn't blood. It was like clear oozing slime. Yeah, w- uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like deep into the meat. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Gross. It was awesome. Yeah. Well done. Well done, boys. Well done, crew. <laughs> on on it on a, a wonderful episode. <laughs> oh my world. God, we're running Longdale. What's next week? Next week is entitled "The New Arrival: An Abnormally Difficult Child Tests a Psychologist." Mm-hmm. That's it. Um. David Warner, who plays in Waxwork as oh, yeah. the uh, the titular Waxwork guy. He's been in everything. The villain in Tron. I always yeah. remember him from Tron. Uh, Joan Severance is somebody who looks familiar, but was in See No e- Evil, Hear No Evil, Bird on a Wire, and then mm. something called Black Scorpion 1 and 2. So she had a little bit of a... Oh, man. I've seen these Black Scorpion covers. Yeah. Should add these to the list. That looks awesome. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Black Scorpion one, Black Scorpion two. Heck yeah! Twiggy the not not Twiggy the guitarist, right? But the Twiggy is the it model. the Twiggy that the guitarist is named after? Oh, oh yeah. maybe. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Twiggy. I didn't. I never the knew famous. that. Chuck. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
The, what was the naming convention for Marilyn Manson? It was a, it was like a, a model, like a famous model or actor with the the name of a serial killer. Oh yeah, so, Twiggy Ramirez. Twiggy was right? a. She was like an English model in the sixties. In Richard Ramirez. Nobody needs to know this. Dumb. <laughs> Stupid Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just dumb. Uh, so yeah, the um, that's next. And Zelda Rubinstein. Bill. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the the biggest one of them all. Biggest yeah. name. Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Robert Patrick, Terminator Two. How come he's all the way at the bottom there? This might have been this the year Terminator came. Oh no, Terminator came out ninety one. So he was like riding high. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a small part. Riding high off of uh, Wayne's World Two. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen this boy? <laughs> Ah, ah. <laughs> great all right dale let's wrap it up uh we got other uh squid to fry yeah chuck until next episode of tales from the crypt mm-hmm. yes i bid you adieu kiddies